the goddess, the social anthropologist and Africanist Melville Herskovitz of Northwestern University is credited when take, with taking a marginally insulting word, myth, and take, turning it into a total pejorative. For most people, the word myth is a slightly snobby word for somebody else's religion. To people who study comparative religions, it is not at all snobby. Such scholars speak of the truths <clears throat> of the heart and spirit that are at the core of all mythology. And there is not much to complain about that, though science doesn't mix terribly well with such assertions. Herskovitz, however, a leading practitioner in his time of a social science, used the word myth to denote ideas that were simply and plainly false, however widely believed. An example would be that someone in a given tribe becomes terribly and inexplicably ill when he or she is bewitched by another person, or that burying a ruby in your flesh will protect you from being wounded by an enemy, a Sanskrit notion, or that women were created from a male rib. The net result is that people occasionally tangle up science and mythology. For example, it is popular in some circles to describe as myth what is a previous generation's science, now shown to be inadequate, and some go so far as to assert that all of what we think we know as a result of scientific inquiry is just more myth. Such assertions annoy the hell out of scientists who, for example, can point to quantum mechanics, one result of which has been the laser, which in turn has permitted laser surgery to repair the eyesight, even if those who call science just another kind of mythology. Equally misguided are believers in a given religion or myth who often try to seek validation of their story in whatever bits and pieces of science they can cherry-pick. Both such efforts are what could politely be called cognitive fallacies, and it is with the latter one, cherry-picking science, in this case archaeology, that the goddess would become embroiled. The idea of the goddess is intimately associated with the belief that until about 6,000 or so years ago, human society was matriarchal. The notion of the erstwhile matriarchy was given birth by the Swiss jurist and historian Johann Jacob Bachofen, who proclaimed in the late 19th century that there were three evolutionary stages of human society, 
primitive promiscuity, followed by matriarchy, which was replaced by today's patriarchy. The idea, particularly the part about matriarchy, was taken up by Friedrich Engels and became a canon of Marxist thought. There it remained in Central and Eastern Europe until the end of communism, but burst forth in the late 20th century in America and Europe, thanks in great part of the work of Lithuanian expatriate Marija Gimbutas. Gimbutas, who died in 1994, had escaped from the Soviet Union as a young woman after having become a world expert on Lithuanian folkways, later extending her interests into the archaeology of Neolithic Eurasia. One of her achievements was to pin the origins of the Indo-European language on people she called Kurgans, who came into Europe from the Russian steppes north of the Black Sea about 5,000 years ago. A consummate scholar, she wound up teaching at the University of California at Los Angeles and came to the conclusion that the many figurines, such as the late Pleistocene Venuses, as well as other representations of females found in early farming villages, were evidence that people had worshipped a female deity, the goddess. Gimbutas would go on to see ubiquitous representations of the goddess in rock art. She saw the world, at least of Europe and the Near East, what she called Old Europe, as made up of female-centered, peace-loving, nurturing matriarchies, where the goddess reigned in the human psyche. Neolithic settlements under the eye of the goddess would be unfortified, so peaceful was her world. There were no human or animal sacrifices. Matriarchy had prevailed in this large region until some 5,000 years ago, when those Kurgan horsemen descended on these peaceful folk, bringing not only the Indo-European language, which all Europeans now speak, except Hungarians, Finns, and Basques, but patriarchy. The goddess was demoted into minor goddesses of one thing or another, like cereal or spinning, and all now in the thrall of such beings as the outrageously sexist Zeus, and men took over the reins of economic, political, religious, and social power in the emerging urban societies. Gimbutas soon became a darling, indeed a living legend, among some feminists, especially those influenced by New Age precepts who wanted to revive or invent female-centered religious beliefs and practices such as Wicca. The goddess re-emerged backed by Gimbutas' archaeological support for what goddess people had always assumed. Yet further, 
archaeological evidence was also convincing. It was from an important site in Anatolia in Turkey called Katalhoyuk that an Oxford archaeologist, James Mellart, had excavated over four years, beginning in 1961. Katalhoyuk was a huge... The goddess reemerged. Backed by Gimburis's archaeological support for what goddess people. Had always assumed, yet further archaeological evidence was also convincing. Let's skip. From his excavations, Mela Art concluded that society at Kataloyuk had been matriarchal. Goddess figures presided over the city's walls, over rooms in the houses and elsewhere. Women were buried in special places inside their homes. It added up to a surefire home of goddess worship, a place that fit perfectly into the notion of a female-centered, peaceful, nurturing society. Gimbutas and Mellart became the twin pillars of archaeological authority that validated the existence of matriarchy and a world ordered by, indeed created by, a female deity-in-chief. The site soon became a major destination for women in goddess pilgrimages, much of the delight of the Turkish officials in charge of promoting tourism. But mythology, aka religion, probably should not look to science for validation, since science is a self-corrective process and its findings are always subject to change. Gimburis's later work, as she fell more and more into the thrall of New Age feminism, and spirituality was regarded with deepening skepticism by her colleagues, even other feminists, archaeologists. <clears throat> 